This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Uh, You know, this morning we have a reason to hope and we have a reason to rejoice and we have good news in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, it is good news. And we're gonna, we're gonna get into some of that uh, today. You know, Paul said it like this. He said, we're pressed, but we're not crushed. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. In all of these things, through all of the things that are going on in the world today, all of the things that look dark, everything associated with COVID-19, we are not destroyed. And we're not under the enemy's foot. In fact, he's under our foot and we have victory in him. We're gonna talk about that uh, today in Jesus' name. Uh, so there's a scripture that I wanted to, to, to tell you about real quickly. It's in Psalms 112 and it says, the righteous are never shaken. They do not fear bad news. And you know, sometimes we can get in this state Especially, so, so I know me, for example, I'm, a, I'm kind of a news junkie and I, I watch the news a lot. And, but sometimes there can be so much negativity that you begin to have like this, this, uh, this feeling that just something bad is going to happen, right? I'm going to get a phone call and somebody I know is, is going to be sick or one of my relatives are going to go through something bad or, or something uh, uh, horrible is going to happen on my job. You can begin to get this. But that scripture says the righteous are never shaken and they do not fear bad news. Uh, you know, there, there, was a, it, there was a situation about a year ago where I was actually on an airplane, uh, myself and some of the gentlemen from Mission Ahava, and we had actually gone over to Cambodia to see one of our projects. And we were on our way back, and now I've flown quite a bit in my life. I've never experienced turbulence like this on this flight, right? And I'm not talking about just for a few minutes. This was like six hours straight of crazy turbulence, like the craziest turbulence I've ever been in, right? Where the plane is like, you know, dropping uh, several feet and, and you feel it, you know, kind of in your stomach. And probably for about the first hour, hour and a half, I was, you know, I was okay with that. And maybe about two hours, about two and a half hours into this, you know, I start feeling kind of sick at my stomach and, and I'm thinking, you know, this is, can't they figure out a route around this, right? Can't they figure out how to, you know, go above or go under the storm or, you know, take a different path or something, right? But we just kept trudging through and, and this turbulence just kept on, right? To the point where I was looking around, you know, all the flight attendants are supposed to have that nice calm uh, look about them and every, uh, the, even they're kind of looking pale and peaked and, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like, are we going to be okay, you know, through this? And, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, if God could have sent an angel uh, to, to sit right next to me, and this angel would have said something like, Ryan, the word of the Lord says that there's going to be turbulence and it's going to be difficult, but you are going to land safely in your destination. If that would have happened and I would have known that that plan was laid out from before the beginning of time, you know what? I would have had no worries, no worries at all because I would have known exactly the plan that was gonna happen. Well, so I wanna encourage you this morning that God has a plan for your life. Now, the enemy has a plan for your life as well, right? And, and that's simple, it's three things. He wants to kill you, he wants to steal from you, and he wants to destroy you and the people around you and the things in your life. 
But God said he has a plan and his plan is for life for you and life abundantly. Now that can look a hundred different ways to a hundred different people, but God wants you to have life and life abundantly. Now there are a lot of different voices out there, right? Going on with this, with COVID-19 and the things that are happening in this world. And and a lot of uh, people who claim to speak for God will say different things. Some have said things like, this is judgment from God for unrighteousness on this nation, right? Uh, Some have said that this is nature's response to an ecological crisis that we have failed to observe or failed to take care of. So with all of these voices, with all of these things that are out there, what we have to do, you have an opinion and I have an opinion. What we have to do is we have to go and line those things up with the word of God. Uh, So there was a story in the New Testament that uh, Jesus is actually talking to some of the disciples and this tower of Siloam, this tower had actually fallen and it had killed 18 people. And so, so when this happened, he says to the disciples, now, do you think that those 18 people were less righteous than the other people around them who didn't get killed? He says, no, of course not. He says, but I'll tell you this, everyone is born under unrighteousness. And unless you repent, everyone will perish. And it's not my will that anyone should perish. So see, that's what I love about Jesus. Now, religion will pit you against each other. And it'll take little issues and say, well, you believe this and I believe this, right? And, and I might be a little better than you because maybe I don't smoke or I don't drink or anything like that. Well, Jesus puts us all on the same footing and he says, look, we're all people, we're all trying to make it, we're all in a confusing world and we all 100% need a savior. So, he, so he's clear to us that there's a plan for our life, that the enemy has a plan for us and that he has a plan for us, that bad things can and will happen in life, but he promised that he would be there with us every step of the way. In fact, the Bible says that we have a great high priest who's touched by every one of our infirmities. In other words, he's touched by everything you're touched by. If you've lost your job, if you've become ill, if your retirement has crashed through this process, if there are other issues that were maybe just exacerbated by COVID-19, maybe you had you know, some problems going on in your marriage or problems with your children, and, and now that you're all stuck in one house, this has kind of come to light. Jesus cares about those things. And he wants to minister to you this morning, and he wants to touch you and deal with you on those things. So there's reason to have hope. There's reason to have hope because of his plan. You know, I believe this. The economy will come back. I believe we're not at the end of the world. This is not Armageddon. And you know why I believe that? It's because you're here and I'm here. And the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. And as long as we're here, see the Bible said that when Jesus died, he he grabbed the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He grabbed authority over those things and he gives that authority to us. And so right now, the word says that you and I are seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and that we have authority, that we have authority here in the earth, that we have authority. And and when he taught the disciples how to pray, he exemplifies this perfectly. He says, when you pray, I want you to pray like this. He says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? He starts out with praise. He starts out with worship. And you know, that's an important thing because the Bible says that anything that we're worried about, we shouldn't be anxious about it, but we should come to God with prayer and praise and thanksgiving and let our requests be made known to him. 
And then the next thing he says, he says, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done right here on the earth, just like it is in heaven. You know, it's your job and it's my job to establish the Lord's kingdom here in the earth, just like it is in heaven. We have the power and the authority to invoke his will and to invoke his kingdom here on the earth. And how do we do that? We do that by coming into agreement in prayer with God Almighty and with his plans and with his will. So, so, this, so today we have to ask ourselves, is sickness in heaven? Is it the will of God? Is premature death the will of God? And we are called to invoke his kingdom and establish his kingdom here on the earth and, and set that up right here. So God had a plan all through these stories like the Tower of Siloam in the Old Testament. Uh, there, was a, there was another one, I'm sorry, in the New Testament. There was one in the Old Testament in Genesis 41. And it's just this amazing story. Uh, about a guy named Joseph. And most of you are, are probably somewhat familiar with the story. Uh, there was a situation going on uh, sort of similar to this, a little different in some respects, but there was a famine going on in the land. And Joseph was second in command to Pharaoh in Egypt. And this famine lasted for seven years, all right? Now, think about that, seven years. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to a, a local, a nearby farm and, and get any food that's out there. There's literally no food in the land for seven years, and these people are just trying to survive, right? They're trying to get through. Uh, very similar to a lot of things that we see today. And, and a lot of you have been affected, right, by, by COVID-19. Maybe somebody you know has been ill or, or, or has passed away because of this. Uh, maybe somebody you know or, or maybe you have lost a job um, or your, your family has been somehow adversely affected. Or maybe you've just felt, you know, uh, slight inconveniences, like, you, you know, you have to stay home and you can't go out and, and grab food like you were accustomed to doing. Uh, maybe you've gone to the grocery store and you've done the whole social distancing thing. I know I went to the grocery uh, the other day and, and so we, had, we hadn't bought toilet paper since this whole thing started. I know that's like a crazy thing, right? Because everybody's grabbing toilet paper. Well, we were okay and we just, yeah, we don't need any. Well, it kind of got to this crisis point where we had to go get it. And so, uh, so I got my mask on right. I'm doing the social distancing piece and I go into the store and there's, uh, there's only uh, one brand of toilet paper and it has a sign on it that says limit one. So, okay, I guess this is the one I'm gonna get, right? And I got it home and it, stuff looks like it was like made in North Korea or something. You like double it over like 10 times and you can still see through it. I mean, this, it's, you know, terrible, right? So, so from the big crazy things that can happen to us, like losing a loved one, to the small inconveniences, we all feel a little bit of what's going on right now. And we all feel a little bit of the inconveniences that, that something like this can cause just on our everyday lives. And so it was the same situation in this, right? For seven years, they weren't able to get food. However, God had a plan. And he set this guy named Joseph up. And he actually had set him up like a decade earlier, right? 10 years earlier, he had put him in this palace. And Joseph was taking a little bit from, from 
uh, the, the harvests that were coming in at the time because there was, a, there was a great bounty and the farmers were doing great. And so he was taking a little bit, you know, each year and he was putting it in these silos and in these barns to store up for this time that God knew would come. See, he not only had his people taken care of, but he had the world taken care of. And the Bible says that you, you know, a lot of people will, will tell you, well, you know, the world's gonna get darker and darker, right? And in some respect, that is true. But as the church gets brighter and brighter, as the church is to shine, well, we're to shine to whom? To the world. You know, there's a, there's a promise to Abraham and his covenant. And this promise says, that, that your seed is going to be a blessing to all the nations of the world. Well, who's he talking about when he's talking about his seed? He's talking about us, right? We have been grafted into this vine. We are the true sons of Abraham, the ones who follow Christ. And we are to be a blessing to our neighbors, to those people around us, and to all nations. And just because COVID-19 has come doesn't absolve us of that responsibility, right? We have a responsibility to be a light and to be peace and to be hope for this world. Uh, there's a story that I love. It's from one of my favorite books, and I encourage you, if you ever get a chance, to read The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Uh, just a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal book. It's, it's really changed my life in a lot of ways. I've read it several times over the years. Uh, but Corey Ten Boom lived in Holland uh, as World War II uh, was, was beginning and, and, and even before that. And her and her family would actually rescue Jews who were being rounded up because of the Holocaust. And they would save these Jews. They would hide them in their home. They had a little network going on where they could get food to them and where they would hide them from the authorities. And to make a really long story short, uh, they ended up being caught, their family. And her entire, uh, her entire family went to uh, several different concentration camps, and most of them died there in those concentration camps. And including her sister, uh, her name was Betsy. And she tells a story about Betsy during this. Betsy was a strong, strong believer uh, in the Lord. And, and she could just see the positive in every situation. And one day they were, they were, they were transferred to this um, uh, concentration camp called Ravensbrook. They went to this camp and, and, and as they got there, it, there were just terrible conditions all around. There was sickness and death everywhere, and they were difficult days. They had to work very, very hard, and there were very little rations for them to eat. And, and they got back to their bunker one evening, and Corey uh, writes the story about how she was just, you know, she was kind of mentally on her last leg, right? She, she just couldn't take it anymore. She couldn't bear it anymore, and she laid down in bed, and she felt something begin biting her legs. And she, she couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, and, and finally, she discovered that there were fleas all in her bed. And they were biting her legs to where she couldn't even sleep at night. And she said it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It was, it was this insane situation. And this was just the last little thing that kind of made her brain explode. And she said that her sister, sister Betsy reminded her of the scripture in 1 Thessalonians that says, give thanks in all circumstances. And she said, she said, Corey, I wanna give thanks for a couple things. Number one, that we're together in this camp. Number two, that we have a Bible with us. Number three, that this bunker is so crowded that we can minister to these ladies who are here with us. And number four, we wanna thank God, even in spite of these fleas. 
And, and Corey writes this and she says, she says it was absolutely too much. She, she, she says this quote, not even God could make me thankful for these fleas. Well, the story goes on and these women began ministering to the, to the other ladies uh, in, their, uh, in their bunker. And they're talking to these women about Christ. Several came to the faith. They came to know Jesus uh, in, in that dark, dark place. Many who would eventually die there in the Holocaust. And uh, they, the, the guards had almost given Betsy free reign just to do whatever she wanted. She was able to minister and pray and, and read scriptures with these ladies. And, and so it comes to this point where, where Corey writes this in the book, and I'm gonna read a quick little excerpt, excerpt from it. It says, that afternoon, and, and this is Betsy speaking, that afternoon she said, there had been confusion in her knitting group. They had to knit socks together about sock sizes, and they had asked the supervisor to come and settle it, but the supervisor wouldn't. She wouldn't step through the door, and neither would the guards. And do you know why? And this is Betsy talking. Betsy could not keep the triumph from her voice because of the fleas. That's what she said. This place is crawling with fleas. And my mind rushed back to our first hour in this place. And I remembered Betsy's bowed head and remembered her thanks to God for creatures that I could see no use for. You know, the Bible says in Romans 8 that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So I want to ask you today, do you love him? Are you called according to his purpose? Because if so, all things, it doesn't say he causes all things, but it does say he causes all things to work together for good for the ones who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. See, God can even use calamity. And he can even use, you know, just like in the story of, of Joseph, he can use somebody like Joseph to rise up and to bless all of the nations even that were around him. But see, here's, here's the crazy piece we have to remember. That Joseph, you know, although this is a great story, a great story of triumph, Joseph was the same guy who was betrayed by his brothers. He was left in a pit for dead. He was sold into slavery. And ultimately, he was put into prison for a crime that he didn't even commit, right? So you have this great triumph, but then you have this entire process of just difficulty and trial and trouble and tribulation. And you know, I'm gonna be honest, if, if it were me, I would have probably had a very different reaction than Joseph going through all these things. So Pastor Jeff, right, he has, uh, you know, sometimes he'll get up here and he'll talk about, you know, things that he struggles with and, and things that he goes through. Pastor Jeff is a very open person, right? He tells crazy stories. And, uh, and so he alluded in one of his sermons uh, that it's, it, it's difficult to make me upset, right? And so, so this morning, it is gonna be confession time, right? I wish that were the case, that I never got upset, uh, but I do, and I'm gonna share a couple of things with you that I get, just things that drive me insane, all right? My little pet peeves, all right? So this is the first one. Uh, this is Family Handyman Magazine, uh, and it's not the magazine, by the way, that uh, makes me upset, uh, I, so before God, I don't even know how I get this. I got this yesterday in the mail. I get this every month, Family Handyman. I don't know if somebody bought me a 
subscription to this. I have no clue how I get this magazine. Um, but this one is uh, about Pergola Paradise. So if you want a Pergola, I hope that's how you pronounce it. Uh, there's also a 20% off coupon on here to Harbor Freight. So if you have anything that you need at Harbor Freight, um, give me a ring and I will send you this. But the reason I brought this magazine, right, is because, so I, I look through here and I try to read about doing handy stuff around the house. Now, I'm gonna be honest. I did not get the handyman gene that my dad and my brothers all got, right? They can build, you know, bird house. They could build houses, real people houses, right? I can't do any of that. If you put a gun on my head and told me to make a bird house, I would probably die uh, because I just, I just didn't, I'm not blessed that way, right? But I try, and, uh, and so usually when I try, um, I get it about 85% right. So I'll give you an example. About three weeks ago, I was working uh, in my kid's bathroom. I laid a new floor in there. The floor actually went okay, but I was working on the baseboards, right? I'm trying to put baseboard in, and I'm cutting these, and I got a little miter saw, and I'm measuring and everything, and I, and I was on my last piece of baseboard, right? And everything had gone fairly well up until this point, right? And I measured it and I cut it and I put this baseboard down and it was like, it was like a half an inch too short and it was my last piece of baseboard, right? Which meant I was gonna have to go back to the store and get another sheet of baseboard to come back and cut it again, probably do it wrong again, right? And, and, and try to tack this stuff up, all right? So when things like that happen, when I'm working on a project and it doesn't go right, there is something inside of me that goes berserk, right? And I don't know what this is. This may be foolish to you, right? Well, this is my little thing, so back off and don't judge, okay? Uh, so usually what goes on in my head during this is like some little scenario, right? I'm imagining myself like getting something super flammable and pouring it on whatever I'm working on and then dropping a match and watching the whole things go up go up in flames, right? This is typically what's going through my mind. I don't do it or I haven't ever done it, thank God. Um, but that's one thing that really gets me worked up, right? I'll share another one with you real quick. Um, I have an iPhone and I use Siri quite a bit, right? I'm driving, I don't like to text while I'm driving and so I will tell Siri to send a text to somebody or tell her to call someone for me. Uh, but a lot of times Siri doesn't do what I want her to do. And, uh, and I've made her aware of this. I've, told, I've had some long conversations with Siri. I will ask Siri to put a reminder uh, in my phone for you know, something and she ends up calling some uh, random person in my contacts and now I'm on speakerphone with somebody who I haven't talked to in like four years or something like that, right? This happens pretty frequently and so I, I have had some, some serious conversations with Siri and, uh, and, and I think she is pretty aware of how I feel, right? Those are some things that fire me up. Now, you may look at those things and those are no big deal to you. Maybe you've got other things that make you mad or that make you angry. But I could pretty much guarantee that everyone who's listening to this today, if you had been through the circumstances that Joseph went through, you, you, you wouldn't know how to handle it. Like, it would just be berserk. So, so keep this in mind. This is 13 years from the time that he gets the promise that he is gonna do great things for the Lord and, and, and to, to where he's in the palace. Through this time, he is, he is dropped in this pit. He is sold into slavery. 
uh, he is put in prison for a crime that he never even committed. And, and then finally, he's put in the palace where the promise has, has come to light. Now, I know during that time, I would have blown it. I would have thought that God had forsaken me, that he had forgotten me, that he didn't care anything about me, that the promises that he'd given me were forgotten. But he held on to the faith, right? Now, I know I would have blown it. Maybe you would have blown it. But here's what's the craziest piece about this story, right? Now, I always put myself into Joseph's shoes. Uh, Maybe you've read this story before and you do the same. But the truth is, this story is not about me. And it's not about you, right? Who's this story about? Who does Joseph represent? Who, who else was betrayed? Who else was tempted and had no sin? Uh, who, who else was falsely accused? Who else was, was, was given over by the people that loved him, supposedly loved him the most? Of course, this is a story about Jesus. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus. And I encourage you, whenever you read any stories in the Old Testament, to look for Jesus in those stories because he's everywhere in the Old Testament. It was a foreshadowing of Christ. It was a foreshadowing of what he was gonna do for us. And so he ends up becoming, Joseph ends up becoming the savior of the world around him just like Jesus would become the savior of the world. Now, what's really interesting here is how he treats his brothers, right? How he treats the ones who betrayed him, the ones who sinned against him. He brings them in and he sets them up in a place of honor and he makes them citizens of his kingdom and he gives them all types of favor and grace and blessings that they don't deserve. So let me ask you this. If, Jesus represent, if, if Joseph represents Jesus, who do the brothers represent? Obviously, it's us, right? We were grafted into this vine and we're the brothers of Christ. And there are some nuances in there. They, it, it also, I believe, represents the Jews and, and there are some really interesting pieces in there and some, some interesting things from different scholars out there about Joseph and how he's a prototype of Jesus. But it says this in Genesis chapter 45. Uh, I'm gonna read just a couple of scriptures. This is when Joseph uh, reveals himself to his brothers, okay? It says, then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. Now, Pharaoh in this story, okay, Joseph is a prototype of Jesus, and Pharaoh is an example of God, right? Uh, uh, Joseph is on Pharaoh's right hand, right hand of power, and he's the second in command, okay? Pharaoh is a a type of, of God in this story, Verse three, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he he again said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me into this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Did you catch that? It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. See, God had a plan. Now, a lot of times you'll, you'll hear teachings almost that God was God is some you know, angry old man in the sky, right? And, and until Jesus comes, he was just bopping everybody on the head with a hammer and blowing them up with fire. And, and, and see, here's the thing. It was, it was God who so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
It's God who loves you. It's God who has a plan for you. The Bible says that God thinks good thoughts about you and he has good intentions for you for a good future that he has mapped out. The steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Verse 16 says, the news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, now this is Pharaoh, tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. So this is how Pharaoh and Joseph treat their brothers after this betrayal. You know, you and I have a place of honor. The Bible says that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And that's exactly what he did here. That's exactly what Joseph did for his brothers. Now, let me ask you a question. Pharaoh told them not to even get their own personal belongings, but just, just get here, right? Because once you get here, I'm gonna provide every single thing you need. And not just the things you need, I'm gonna provide the very best, the best clothes and the best food and the best land. I'm gonna give you the very best that Egypt has to offer. Now, did Pharaoh say that? because of the goodness of those brothers? No. Pharaoh said that because of the goodness of Joseph, because of his relationship with Joseph. And today God looks on you, if you are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, he looks on you and he sees the lamb. He sees the spotless and perfect lamb. And that lamb is always accepted before the throne of God. He is always accepted because he was here and he was sinless. He lived an entire sinless life. And so God looks on you with that favor and that grace and that blessing today. Romans 5 verse 2 says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. You know, I love those words. Confidently and joyfully. You know, when the whole world is, is going through all this mess and everybody's downtrodden and, and everybody's depressed, you can be confident and you can be joyful. And I encourage you today to lift up your head. You know, when we talked about establishing his kingdom, you know, the, the Bible says his kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's what? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, so his kingdom is, is righteousness, right? You're right standing before God. It's peace, peace that passes everyone's understanding. Maybe people are looking at you right now and they don't understand how you can be so calm during all of this. But he gives us peace because he's the Prince of Peace. And then joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. He wants you to be full of joy. He wants you to have joy today. I'm gonna read uh, one more scripture here in just a moment, but I wanna give you three things uh, that I want you to keep in the back of your mind. And if, and if these thoughts begin to come into your head, if, these, if things are bombarding you, you know, I, I know that everybody's been affected in different ways. But I wanna speak for just a minute to the ones who have been affected by anxiety and by depression and by fear. All right, if you haven't been sleeping at night, you are specifically who I wanna to speak to today, 
All right, I wanna give you three things. I want you to write these down if you have a, have a, have a, have a pen or maybe your, your phone or you can take some notes somewhere. I want you to write three things. Okay, number one, we have to read the word. All right, if you don't read the word, then you don't know God's plan for your life. If you don't read the word, then you don't know his character. The Bible says that we renew our minds. See, you see all this junk going on all around the world, but we renew our minds by the reading of the word. We have faith because of the reading of the word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes through the word. So you have, I'm gonna encourage you to just take five minutes. When you get up in the morning, just read a couple of scriptures. If you don't know where to start, start in Psalms. Before you go to bed at night, just read a couple of scriptures. Read the word. Number two, not just read the word, but I want you to meditate on the word. I'm gonna challenge you with one thing, okay? For those of you who are having trouble sleeping, because I, I know that people out there are, I know that people are going through, through some serious anxiety sometimes. If you have trouble sleeping, I want you to get one scripture and meditate on that word and chew on it and piece it apart and I promise you, God will give you peace. And, and, and if you need a scripture to start with, I'm gonna give you one right here. It's Psalms uh, chapter one. This is verse one through three. And it says, those who delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. You wanna be like that? Like a tree that has roots down deep, thick and strong, and no matter what wind comes or what storm blows through, that you are solid because you are like a tree planted by the water. It says their leaves never wither and they prosper in everything they do. I don't know about you, but I wanna be like that. So take a scripture and meditate on that scripture. Just chew on it all day long. Just tear it apart and well, what does that mean? And, and, and ask the Lord for wisdom on that scripture. You'd be surprised what he will reveal to you throughout your day. And number three, take every thought captive. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, casting down imaginations. You know, there are a lot of imaginations. There are a lot of things. My mind can create scenarios that are never gonna happen in a million years. Those are, those are imaginations. The Bible says to cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'll say it in a different way. That exalts itself against the plan of God for your life. You have to take those thoughts captive. It says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, I have to bring my thoughts into, into obedience to Christ all the time. I have to make my thoughts align with his thoughts. You know, my flesh, it, it, the Bible says it's deceitfully wicked. It deceives me. My, my mind deceives me. Sometimes my emotions deceive me. I don't even know maybe sometimes, you know, what I'm feeling. But if I align it with his word and my thoughts are his thoughts, then I can go through my day with joy and with confidence. And so we're gonna pray. And you know, before I'm going to pray for all of you who are watching, but before we do that, I want to, I want to speak to one crowd in particular. Listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, today's your day. Today is the day of salvation. 
God wants you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be near you. He wants to execute his plan for your life. And believe me, his plan for your life is better than anything you could possibly come up with that you could possibly create or even imagine. All right, so, so it's very simple to do. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that God has raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that he'll come in and save you. So I want you to just pray with me and then we're gonna pray uh, for the entire body of Christ here in just a moment. But if you would, just repeat these words with me. Anybody who wants to, uh, who wants to accept the Lord as their savior. Say, God, I believe that you raised Christ from the dead. And I believe he's seated at the right hand of God today. And I believe that he wants to save me. So Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and cleanse me of all of my sins and make me right before you. If you prayed that prayer, then you've accepted Jesus into your heart. And from this day forward, your life is gonna be forever changed. I encourage you, get connected to a church. Send an email today to, to Elevate and let us know that you accepted Christ into your heart because we wanna, we wanna contact you, we wanna pray with you. We wanna, uh, we, we, we wanna just help you navigate this world, right? And everything that's going on. Now I wanna pray for, for the rest of the body out there. Lord, I just pray for every person who is watching this right now. God, for every family that's represented, Lord, there are so many difficulties and so many difficult things, God, that have, that have gone on over the past few months. And Lord, it's hard to know where to turn sometimes. But today, God, we set our eyes on you. Lord, we set our sights on you. We put our faith in you. Lord, I pray right now for everyone under the sound of my voice who has been dealing with fear, for everyone who's been dealing with anxiety, for everyone who's been dealing with depression. God, for the ones who just in their mind haven't, haven't been able to, to break out of those things. It just seems like there's something on them. Lord, the Bible calls it a yoke. Just like, just like in, in olden days, they used to use a yoke for oxen to, just to steer them. The enemy can try to put a yoke on us to steer us in wrong directions. Lord, you said that your anointing was here to destroy the yoke that the enemy tries to put on us. God, I love that word destroy because, you know, something that's broken, if you'd use broken, you know, broken can be put back together, but to destroy it, it's shattered into a million pieces, never to be put back on your life again. So Lord, I pray right now, wherever every individual that's dealing with this stuff is, is sitting or standing or, or maybe they're, you know, wherever they are, God, we pray that your anointing go to them and destroy the yoke that the enemy has tried to put on them in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. And even though sometimes that strong man of this world, the enemy, the devil comes in and tries to cloud our mind, you said that one stronger than the strong man is here. And Father, we recognize that this morning and we put our faith in you. For everyone who's even struggling with their faith, Lord, we come to you as the author, not only, not only the, the, the beginner, but the finisher, Lord, the perfecter of our faith. God, you started every one of us out in this race and you're gonna see every one of us through. Lord, we're in your hand and we're safe and we're perfectly sound. 
Father, in your hand and in your plan. And God, we rejoice in that. We rejoice in that today. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you that you've heard us, not because of our goodness or anything that we are, but because of Jesus' goodness. Lord, when you look on us, it's just like you're looking at your son, Jesus. Lord, when we call out to you, it's just like Jesus is calling out to you. When we pray to you, it's just like Jesus is praying to you. Lord, because of the free gift of righteousness that you give every believer. God, we thank you for it. We thank you for victory. We thank you that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Lord, that all of these things, God, they've come against us, but they can't prosper. No weapon that's formed against us will prosper. God, we give you glory and honor and praise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We love you. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray blessings on you. We're praying for you throughout the week. And next week, we're gonna be right back here. Pastor Jeff is gonna have an amazing word for all of us. Thank you for watching. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.